0: Alrighty guys, so glad that you are with us tonight and uh, we are going to continue our teaching in the book of James. Uh, we have joked uh, among the staff, Pastor Tommy and I and others, that uh, we've taken our time going through James, okay? Mostly that was my wife, okay? These are her notes from her doing three verses and 12 pages of notes, okay? Not exactly 12, but you get the idea. So we're going to go a little bit faster now. I, I say that, and that probably means absolutely nothing. It's kind of like when a pastor says, I'm closing. Doesn't mean anything, okay? Doesn't really mean anything, um, so, uh, so we're going to begin chapter number two. In fact, when I began studying this yesterday, uh, I, I called out to Pastor uh, Tommy in office. I said, Pastor Tommy, we're starting chapter number two of James, okay? Um, so if, um, if the last time you were with us and it's been a couple weeks, you are like, yeah, we're still in James. Well, yeah, we're still in James. We're probably going to be in it for a little while. But here's the thing I love about James. James is so practical. It's really just practical stuff it's 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 basic christianity it's basic discipleship it is things that that every one of us as christians deal with it's things that every church deals with and and um um as as pastor tommy loves to say and i love to quote him the enemy's playbook is real real small Okay. He doesn't have a lot of plays that he runs against us, Robin, probably because he's pretty successful with the ones that work. Okay. Those areas that we're weak. Well, he, teams to, he, te- he seems to try to uh, capitalize on that. He's, if you have a problems with anger, he often send people your way who know how to push your buttons. You know, any of those folks? Okay. Don't be any of those folks, by the way. Okay. But but the enemy's playbook is very, very small. Okay. And uh, and so James, I think in, in, in these short chapters that, that he talks about, He kind of deals with some of those things, and and I just hope that we're growing through this study. And and, uh, today we're going to begin James chapter number 2. We're continuing to talk about temptations and trials, okay? Um, Guess what? Temptations, Temptations are always going to be with you. Okay, brother Bernie still has temptations. Okay, I was talking to sister Anna Lee, and and brother Bernie gave in to temptation and said something smart Alec, Okay, now I got between them and separated them, and they're okay now. Okay, but but even at ninety years young, he gave in to temptation. Okay, yesterday we were family and friends, and and we we had just finished a wonderful meal, and Chantel's uncle had done the cooking, and and his wife said something, and 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 he made a little snide comment. And apparently he learned how to whisper in a sawmill because all of us heard it, okay? And I'm sure he enjoyed sleeping on the couch last night, okay? and um, See, we all, we, we, we have to deal with temptation and, and, and we need to learn battle plans and we need to learn strategies that will work and help us when we're tempted. So let's read James chapter number 2. We're going to look at verses 1 through 13 and then we're going um, uh, to break them down a little bit more. So James chapter number 2. I'm reading out of the King James Version, and it says this. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Lord of glory, with respect to persons. For if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come also a poor man in vile raiment, and you have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor fellow, Stand over there, or sit here under my footstool. Are you not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? But you have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do they blaspheme that worthy name by the which you are called? If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now thou commit no adultery, yet if you kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye and do ye as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty." For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. You see, guys, this passage begins a new section in the book of James. It's a a discussion of various temptations and trials that are common to all of us as believers. As I gave in our illustration, uh, you, you don't get to a certain age and temptations go away. Okay. As long as there's breath in your lungs, you're going to be tempted, but hopefully we get a little better at at being successful in those temptations. Brother Bernie, keep working on it. Okay, buddy. There are certain temptations and trials that are constantly confronting us. One of the strongest is that of showing partiality or favoritism or discriminating against people for any reason. Okay. Obviously this was an issue in the early church and it can still be an issue today. So, um, Let's break it down. But before we do, let's pray that the Lord would um, would allow His Word to just come alive. You know what? Um, as we talk about it, you may you may just immediately say, "Well, this this message is not for me because I treat everybody the same." Okay, well, good. But it's probably for your neighbor. <laughs> okay, or maybe you've been you've been in that position where somebody treated you in an ill way, and and this I believe can help you bring some healing to realize that often pe- times. People hurt us because they're hurting on the inside. You know, I, I read a, a quote this week that said, uh, I spent enough time with anger to realize that his real name was, oh, what was it? Did somebody see that quote? That's the problem when you don't write down quotes. <sighs> grief. I spent enough time with anger to realize that her real name was grief. Think about it. Sometimes we're angry at people, and we do that as a way to protect ourselves because we're really hurting on the inside. How many in here have been hurt by somebody? That would be all of you, okay? If it hasn't happened yet, just keep having birthdays, honey. It's going to happen, okay? We've all been hurt by somebody. We've all been hurt. Sometimes people mean to hurt us. Sometimes people don't mean to hurt us, okay? But but oftentimes, as a way to protect ourselves, we, we, we get angry or we, we get upset or we put up a little shield to protect ourselves, and really, we're just entrapping ourselves. But today, whether you've uh, treated people wrongly or maybe you've been treated in an ill way before, I pray today that the lord would just reveal some truths to you and help bring healing and restoration because at the end of the day That's what it's really all about. Let's pray lord I just pray over this uh, word today that you would bless us that you'd bless this church That you would help us lord god to be your hands and your feet extended lord at the end of the day We're supposed to love you and love others help us to do that without uh, showing partiality in any way or favoritism in any way whatsoever. Bless this teaching tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number one, and, and again, he's talking about brethren. He's talking to the church. He's talking to you and I as believers, okay? The first charge right here is, is showing partiality. So what does it mean to show partiality? It means to favor some people over others or to pay special attention to a person because of his wealth, his social standing, his position, his authority, his popularity, his looks or influence. This charge is given to believers, it's given to brothers, it's given to those who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is he doing this? Because. Guys, this is how the world operates. The world operates in showing partiality. They they've had to put laws enacted to 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 counteract nepotism. What is nepotism? It's me hiring my buddy. Okay? It's me getting elected to an office and hiring all my friends, okay? Um, be careful as we go into the election booth a few months from now, okay? Make sure that you take wisdom with you and make good decisions. Guys, we need to make sure that we don't do things like the world does things. See, that's one of the main things we have to realize in the church. The only way we're going to change the world is by being the church. We have to do things different. We have to have a different set of standards. We have to treat people different, okay? You know, there was a time that... That you could tell folks uh, who went to church because the, the way we kept our hair, or the way we dressed. And, and again, I'm not going to get into that debate, okay? But since we look, I mean, look at me. I got jeans and a shirt on. I look normal, right? I hope, okay? My wife's out of town, so I'm trying my best to fix my hair and, and keep everything together over there and keep them teenagers fed. wow you know, I feel like I just fed them yesterday, okay? Man, okay? Well, let me get back to my notes. But here's the deal, guys. We need to make sure that we as the church are drastically different from the world. Different in the way we act, different in the way we talk, different in the way we present ourselves, and the way we treat other people. Because look, we may not look different, okay? Well, we, we, But we better act different. We better sound different. We better treat people differently. If we're not, We're not being the church. If we're not, we're not being as effective witnesses for the Lord that we need to be. So, showing partiality can be a real issue right now, and and, and for all people. Of all the people upon the earth, the very people who should not show any partiality are you and I as believers. The reason is clearly stated in verse number one. Everyone who's in the church is a brother. Everyone stands on equal footing before the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that one day, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Is there any exceptions to that? No. Okay? Doesn't matter if you were a king, doesn't matter if you were a pauper, doesn't matter if you were the president of the United States or, 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 or you were an absolute nobody. Every knee will bow. Every one of us, we have equal footing at the cross. Okay? There's not a hierarchy system in Christianity. Okay, you know I had we had a chance on our cruise to uh, to to eat way too much good food. Okay, and uh, your pastor was very much off plan, and I did not listen to one thing my health coach told me. Okay, (laughs) in fact, one time she's not here, so I can tell the story. Wit I snuck to the chocolate buffet. Okay, I decided that was going to be my lunch. Okay, the chocolate extravaganza. And Dawn, I didn't let her come with me because I didn't want to hear it. Okay, is that wrong of me? Yeah, Chantelle thought it was wrong of me, okay? But but I just said, uh, I, when I came back, I said, hey, by the way, that's really good on the buffet. You went without me? I said, yeah. And she got she got all pouty. Why do you women do that? I don't know, okay? But I really didn't want her saying, Mo, you can only have one, okay? Because the Bible says to buffet your body daily. Okay, I'm taking that out of context. Let me get back to my notes, okay? But here's the deal, guys. Um, We all stand on equal footing before the Lord. Oh, I was telling this story. I got, I got thrown off by the chocolate buffet. Okay. But one of our servers in the restaurant was from India. Okay. He'd been working on the cruise ships for 25 years. I love talking to people and, 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 and as far as, as, being from India, he, he's very well off. He, he works well. He got two girls that are going to college doing a lot of things. Well, well, if you don't understand India's system, there's still what they call a caste system. It's basically, if you're born at a certain level, that's where you're going to die. Okay. They, you know, you're either, you're really well off or you're really, really poor. There ain't much wiggle room in between. Okay. And, 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 and he had just talked about how, how he was kind of in between, but because of the, the blessings that this job has provided and some other things he's he's been he's better off than most and he recognizes that but guys here's the deal here's the deal man may categorize people but god does not god sees us all the same amen he sees us all as sinners in need of a savior amen god loves you just the way you are but you've heard me say this before but he loves you too much to leave you that way aren't you glad Aren't you glad? Guys, uh, we, we should treat everyone, everyone in this church as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Everyone who has faith in the Lord Jesus Christ bows before him as Lord. This means that that person bows before Christ as a servant. We all come to him on equal footing. No one is higher or more acceptable than anyone else. All are his servants. Note exactly what, who Jesus Christ is. He is the Lord of glory. Jesus Christ is the Lord who rules and reigns in glory. And when we compare ourselves to his perfection, we all come up lacking. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God's way up here and all of us are down here, okay? The good news is that gulf has been... has been. Um, has been covered by Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus, now no longer are we seen in our unrighteous selves, David, but we're seen in the righteousness of Christ. But guys, we need to remember that because of that, we're all on equal footing. So we need to treat other people in a better way. The charge is really, really clear. Those who truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I, are not to show partiality or favoritism. In fact, it's strictly forbidden. Leviticus nineteen fifteen says this, You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. Thou shall not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shall thou judge thy neighbor. You see, guys, when we show partiality, we put ourselves in a position of judge. Okay? That's not a position we, need, we want to put ourselves in. Because the Bible tells us by the same measure we judge, we're going to be What? judged. Okay. So look, I I don't, that's not my job. Okay. It's not my job to judge. My job is to witness. My job is to equip the saints. My job is to love Jesus. My job is to love others, but, but, but judging has been given to who the son. Okay. That job has been given to Jesus Christ and he makes no mistakes. Okay. He is the home plate umpire and he don't miss no balls or strikes. Okay. He gets it all right. The New Testament says it this way: First Timothy five twenty one, I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. Proverbs twenty four twenty three. These things also belong to the wise. It is not good to have respect of persons in judgment. So again, guys, we're sure we're supposed to treat others like we want to be treated. Verses 2 and 3 takes it a little bit further. The picture of partiality is clearly painted. There must be no misunderstanding about what is meant by partiality. Two unbelievers visit the church. Here's the the illustration uh, James gives. One man sharply dressed so much so that it's immediately noticed that he is wealthy. He has the finest clothes on, an expensive gold ring. The other guy is shabbily dressed and immediately notice that he's very poor. The Greek word for the kind of clothing he was wearing means filthy and dirty. The man is so poor that he's actually a dirty, smelly beggar or a derelict from off the streets. The point is this. What happens when these two guys visit the church? The picture painted by scripture is that of showing partiality to the rich man. The rich man is escorted to the good seat, but the poor man is told to stand off or, or, or just get away from everybody else. He is treated as being less important than the rest of us. He is treated no better than a servant who sits at the footstool. Note that these two men represent the extreme ends of wealth and poverty. If partiality is not to be shown in this extreme case, it should never be shown. There are to be absolutely no distinctions within the church, no distinctions of social class, standing position, wealth, prestige, or recognition. Guys, we're all in the same boat, okay? We're all in the same boat, okay? I have a feeling that there was a time that this was a bigger issue at this church than it is today. Okay? But down through the years, the Lord has knocked some of that out of us. Okay? There was a day that this might have been the country club church. Okay? Things have changed. Things have changed for us as a church, things have changed for us as a community. We need to make sure that we treat everyone like Jesus treats people. Jesus loves people. We need to love people. How often has a poor person visited a church and not been welcomed with open arms? I'm glad this doesn't happen at our church. But we need to make sure it never happens at our church. We need to make sure that there's no hint of partiality in our hearts. We need to allow the Lord to search our hearts to make sure that everything we do is unto Christ. The Bible says in in Psalms 82.3, Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. All right. He goes a little deeper in verses 4 through 7. There are five things wrong with showing partiality or favoritism. Five things wrong. Number one, showing partiality sets one up as a judge of others. It makes one as God. It says who can worship God and who cannot. Who's acceptable to God and who is not. Only God himself can make that determination. That is way above you and my pay grade. Okay, we're not that good. We make mistakes. We only judge with the knowledge that we have. Okay, we can only make a determination based on what we can see. Well, guess what? God makes determinations by what he can see as well, but he sees everything. Amen. We only see bits and pieces. He sees everything. We judge by what we see. God does likewise, but only he can see the whole picture. Only he can see a man's heart. Matthew 7 and 1 tells us, judge not, lest we not be judged. Okay, Romans fourteen thirteen. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. 1 Corinthians 4 and 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. You see, God God is reserving judgment when the story is completely written. You know? Guys, we, we would not want any one of us to be judged by our worst day. Okay? Even someone as sweet as Sister Garland or Sister Sarah has had bad days, okay? Then, then there's folks like me that had a bunch of bad days, okay? There are folks like me that can't remember some of those bad days. They were so bad, Sister Eloise, okay? We don't want to be, we wouldn't want anybody to judge us on our bad day. David, would you like for somebody to judge you when when you're at work and it's a 1,000 degrees like it was yesterday, okay, and everything's going wrong and you just got chewed out by your boss and then you stub your toe against some... Would you want Dawn to walk in and judge you according to what she sees right then? No, okay? But Dawn wouldn't want you judging her when she's trying to figure out teenagers and cooking a meal and, oh boy, Nick's coming in and I... Do you see that, guys? We don't want to be judged like that. But how many times do we judge people like that? How many times have you been at Walmart and there is a mom who has frazzled her nerves and that little three year old is throwing a tantrum? We've all seen it, haven't we? How do we respond? How do we respond? I at least pray, okay? There are even moments I try to help, okay? Now, the problem is I'm a big, scary-looking dude. That does not usually help, okay? My wife's much better at it, okay? Because crying children, I can't help you with, okay? In fact, one day I was, I was uh, messing with Tracy's little girl, uh, Tinsley, and I said, hey, Tinsley, are you okay? And big tears started coming to our eyes, Karen, and all of a sudden I was like, help me. I'm in trouble. Okay. Tracy laughed because she was like, Tinsley was upset about something and I don't know how to handle girls. Okay. I can handle boys. If you got boys, I can take care of them. But those little tears started. T- and I was like, I'm drowning. Help me. Okay. But, but here's the deal guys, how we need to make sure that we don't put ourselves in a position of, um, of making wrong calls of making wrong judgments. Showing partiality, secondly, reveals evil thoughts. The person who shows partiality focuses upon mundane and changeable things, such as clothes and possessions and outward things. Such thoughts, rather, are corrupt because they focus upon corruptible things and neglect the person entirely. It says that material things, such as clothes and cars, are more important than the person himself. This, of course, is foolishness. Yet, it is exactly how most people behave For for most people in the world, show partiality. Again, guys, this is how the world works. The world sizes people up immediately, okay? They check out how you dress. They check out all these things about you. They see what you drive up in. Guys, we can't be like the world. If we're going to change the world, we have to be different from the world, amen? We need to love people who come through those doors like, uh, like nobody's business, okay? We need to treat everybody with love, care, and concern because that will make a difference in people's lives believers are never to show partiality not to a single soul we are to look at the person himself we need to ask the lord to help us to see people like he sees people it'll change everything about you Ask the Lord to give you a heart for people. It'll change the way you view people at Walmart. It'll change the way you view people that you come in contact with. We need to see people like Jesus sees people. What matters to, what what, what matters is people's life, people's soul, their body, their spirit. What matters is that he be saved and come to know the love, joy, and peace that only Jesus can bring. Then and only then can, can someone become a dynamic personality and become all that. That God wants him to be. Then and only then can they walk into the purpose that God has for each and every person. Do you truly believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every human being? I do. Why do you believe that preacher? Because the word says it. God says, now the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, are are good plans. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. That's just not for us. That's for everybody. Now, sadly, sometimes people never, it's never revealed to them. Spiritual blinders stay on their eyes and they never see all the good things God has in store for them. But guess what, guys? We need to make sure we don't put any stumbling blocks in the way. We want to just love, love, love. Love unconditionally you know what mamas you are equipped to do this okay it's going to be tougher for us guys okay because we don't have that nurturing in us okay look when my boys had bobos they didn't come see me okay brother bernie when the kids got banged up, they didn't come to you, did they? No, Annalie's going to ta to. okay? I don't do that, okay? I'm like rub a little dirt on it. It's going to be okay, okay? You know, mamas, y'all have just a natural love and a concern for people. Well, we need to make sure we have that in every area of our life, okay? If we want to reach people, and we do, that's what the church exists for. If we want to make a difference in people's lives, and we want to continue to do that, we have to love unconditionally. Philippians 2 4 says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. We're supposed to put the needs of others above our own. You know, guys, those of you that, that participate in missions giving at our church, you do that on a regular basis, okay? You you help us to support missionaries. You help us to reach people that you may never meet, you may never see until you get to heaven. But that's putting others' needs above yourselves, okay? Those of you that have blessed us by, by helping us in benevolence giving, thank you for doing that. Please continue to do that because you're helping us to bless others. You're helping us to, to pay it forward, okay? You're helping us to really be what the church is supposed to be guys we need to put one of our biggest issues in the church because it's one of our biggest issues in the world is selfishness okay my wife says that because i'm an only child i tend to be selfish okay you've heard me say this before she says if you're around me long enough you'll figure out i'm an only child i don't know what she means by that okay how many only children we have in the house anybody Anybody? Nobody else? I'm the only one? Uh, there you go, Angela. Thank you. Thank you, okay? Okay? I, she was kind of shy. Hey, we're okay, okay? Our parents got it right with us. They didn't have to try again, okay? But, it, but here's the deal, guys. <laughs> I guess that statement right there, that statement right there probably tells you all you need to know. But, but here's the deal, guys. We got to stop being selfish. And that's not something that comes natural. We're naturally selfish people, Okay? I mean, think about some of the first words your children said, mine, no. Do you remember when your kids learned that word sustainably? No. Okay. Boy, Hayden was good at it. No. Okay. (laughs) No. Okay. It's that little defiant spirit sometimes, but, but guys, we got to learn to say no to us and yes to Jesus. Amen. Less of us, more of him. Thirdly, showing partiality, discriminates against the poor and the lowly, a people who are loved by God. God loves everybody. This verse is not saying that God does not love and care for the rich and high. He does. He cares just as much for folks who live in Renwick as for folks that live at the end of River Road. He, he sees no difference, okay? Geogra- geography is not anything to him. He doesn't love us in America any more or less than he loves people in Haiti or, or people in India or people halfway across the globe. God loves people, and we should do likewise. Amen? Amen? Fourthly. Showing partiality shows a disgraceful attitude. It dishonors, it humiliates, it shames, it disgraces, it insults the poor and lowly person. Just think of the hurt and pain within the heart of the person who's publicly discriminated against. The pain and hurt when he sees, he sees a shun, bypass, ignore, or withdraw from him. No believer is to ever make a person feel unwelcome or of little value and worth. You know, guys, the world's going to do enough of that. The world is gonna to try to beat people up. The world is gonna to try to it's all about me. The world is gonna to, gonna to harm people and hurt people and, and beat them down. We as the church should be lifting people up. Amen? And it can be nothing more than just making eye contact with people. It can be nothing more than just a smile. Just a smile. A couple weeks ago, I had a chance to go visit LJ at, uh, he was in the nursing facility for some rehabilitation and, 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 and I'll be honest with you. Those places are not the most encouraging places in the world. Okay. I've already told my boys, you ever put me in one of those, I'm going to be the guy walking out. Okay. I'll be the guy on the news. Have you seen this man? Okay. Because brother Bernie, I'm going to have that little shuffle going on. I, I, I said, I'm going to be that guy. They're going to kick me out. And Hayden's like, don't do it, Dad. You're going to move in with Hunter, okay? Shut up, Hayden, okay? But, but here's the deal, guys. It can be a depressing place, okay? Because so many times people that go there, they're forgot about by their families. They just, um, there's this sweet little lady who's on the hall going back to LJ's. Here's her line that she's given me every time I pass by her. Do I know you, okay? It, and it gets me every time, okay? I'm like a redfish going to a bait shrimp. Okay, Brother Bernie, it just works every time. I'm like, I don't think so. She just wants to talk to somebody, okay? And I fall for it every time. But you know what? I love people. So if I spend 30 seconds with her and I hold her by hand and I smile with her and I say, hey, I got to go see somebody. I'll see you when I come back by. That's a small thing. Guys, sometimes we think Christianity is all about big things. It's all about big things. It's all about people coming down to the altar. And yes, that's a big thing. And that's an important thing. But guess what? A bunch of small things can add up to be big things really quickly. Okay? That missions team that that Cassidy is on right now, they're probably doing a bunch of small things. And believe in God for some big things. That's what we as a church really should be all about. Do the small things and trust God for the big things. But one of the things we cannot do is we cannot treat people with partiality. We need to treat people like Jesus treats people. Believers are to have open hearts and open arms welcoming everyone into their home, uh, into their lives, into their church, into um, into relationship. Believers are to live as Christ lived, to love and care and reach out to all. Matthew 5, 3 says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Luke 4 and 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. This is Jesus quoting the prophet Isaiah. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. If that's what Jesus came to this earth to do, and we are representations of Jesus, don't you think we ought to be doing that too? Proverbs 14 and 20 says, the poor is hated even of his own neighbor, but the rich has many friends. This is a description of the world in which we live. It should not be the case with the church. I read this quote today and I actually wrote it down. It's easier to remember quotes when you write them down. If you're looking down on someone, you should be helping them up. Let that sink in. If you're looking down on someone, David, it should be because I'm helping them back up. Okay, let's not look down on people. Let's not, uh, let's, not, let's not put ourselves in that position that, that we don't belong in. Amen? And finally, showing partiality shows foolish behaviors. Two things are said about the rich that need to be heeded. The rich and high usually oppress the poor, readily grab what they can, use people, exploit people uh that's what the world does okay we can't be like that the rich and the high usually blaspheme the name of god they think they don't need god okay so so we just want to realize that 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 we need to treat people the right way treat people the right way here's the point why would the church and its believers show partiality to such people over the poor of the earth There is no question a list of sins could be drawn up and discussed about the poor as well. But why show partiality to the rich who are the very ones who often oppress the needy of the world in so many different ways? The church and its believers are not to discriminate and show partiality or favoritism to anyone. All right, let's wrap things up. Verses 8 through 11. Here's the warning against partiality. The warning against partiality is real strong. There's three warnings. Number one, showing partiality is sin. It violates the royal law of love. The great law of God is the law of love. Thou shall love thy neighbor as yourself. That's the great law. We're supposed to love God. We're supposed to love others. And when we treat others in any way but a loving, kind way, we're violating that law. One of the main characteristics, if you could only describe God in one word, he did it for himself, love. God is what? Love. Christ coming to this earth was a picture of love. God's relationship with you and I as the church is a love relationship. It's all about love, and that's how we should be treating others. If the love of God is in us, it should be coming out of us. Maybe that's the problem sometimes. (laughs) You know, whatever you squeeze, if you squeeze something, whatever's in it, it's going to come out. You squeeze an orange, orange juice is going to come out. If you squeeze a lemon, lemon juice is going to come out. You and I, life squeezes us. What's coming out of you on a regular basis? It's not in my notes, but we needed, to be, we needed to hear that. I need to hear that. We all need to hear that. Let's make sure that when the pressure of life squeezes us, godliness comes out love comes out kindness patience the fruit of the spirit there's some good stuff that could come out so when we treat others in a in a discourteous or or partiality way we're violating the law of god um the great law of god the point is this believers are to love god not show partiality discriminating against some treating others better than we would treat others Secondly, showing partiality makes a person guilty of the whole law of God. How is this possible? How can a person be guilty of all the law if he breaks only one law? Well, you see, men follow God or else they don't follow God. There's no such thing as subtracting the laws of the stuff you don't like and keeping the laws that you do like. I like to call it the Bible buffet. OK, you don't get to do that. OK, you don't get to say, I'm going to take a little grace. I'm going to take a little mercy. I'm going to save that forgiveness for somebody else. So I want to I, I don't mind being forgiven, but I should. Oh, God, do you know the way they treated me? Do you know the things they said about me? I'm not going there. It's not the Bible buffet. OK, it, it ain't like the Lido deck buffet for those of you who've ever been on a cruise before. OK, it, it, you can't just take the chocolate. You can't just take the good stuff. We have to take the whole gospel. Okay? And guys, the Bible says that when you violate one part of the law, you violate all of the law. You see, to offend in one point or to slip from one law makes one short of the goal. One side step from the right direction, one goes astray from the whole law of God and becomes guilty of the whole law. Simply stated, if a person breaks one law, he's violated the law of God, the whole package of God's law. Although he broke only one law, he's still guilty. He's still a transgressor. He has still broken God's law. He's no less guilty than if he had broken every law. He stands as a transgressor transgressor before God and he must be forgiven by God just as much as any other sinner. This is significant for us to notice and heed for it means we cannot pick and choose which laws we'll keep and which laws we'll violate. That we cannot build up a merit system with God. You can't earn your salvation. Okay? It's already been bought and paid for. Okay? We don't it's not a merit system to get closer to God. No. It, it's our faith in Jesus Christ. Now, next week, we're going to talk about how our faith should lead to works. There are good things we should be doing, but 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 we should be doing them because we love God. Okay? Second, uh, uh, um, as we wrap things up, we cannot be- become more acceptable to God by keeping most of the laws and breaking only a few of them. Or we can't say that we're more righteous than other people. See, guys, here's the deal on judgment day, I'm not going to be compared to David, not going to be compared to Dawn. I'm not going to be compared to sister, Ella, uh, sister Garland. Thank goodness. Okay. I'm going to stand by myself before Jesus. Okay. And, 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 and I need to make sure that, that God doesn't see Mo in his righteousness, but he sees me in his son's righteousness. And the way you can assure of that is by keeping your relationship solid with the Lord, by staying close to the Lord Jesus, treating others like he would want you to treat them. The point is simple. Showing partiality makes a person a law breaker. It breaks the law, and it grieves the spirit of God. Proverbs fourteen twenty one: He that despiseth his neighbor sinneth, for he that hath mercy on the poor, happy is he. James 4 and 17, we'll get to this in who knows, a few months. (laughs) Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and does it not to him is sin. You know, guys, for a Christian, that can be a troublesome scripture, okay? When you know to do good, David, and you don't do it, you know what the Bible calls that? calls it sin. What is sin? It's missing the mark. It's doing less than God expects, okay? So when you know what to do and you don't do it, that's sin. Showing partiality is just as serious a sin as adultery and killing. That's what the Bible says in verse number eleven. This is just giving an example of what has been said. The verse is saying that that when 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 we when we displease the Lord, it's it's breaking the law of God. It's equivalent to breaking the law of murder or breaking the law of adultery. Uh, God. You see, you and I as you and I, we categorize sins, okay? There's the little ones, there's the big ones, there's the ones you just don't do, and then there's the ones that are acceptable. Do you realize God doesn't do it like that? God sees sin in one big clump, sin. It's missing the mark, okay? Now, are there sins that carry extra ramifications? Yes, OK. There are certain sins that, that have extra ramifications to them. But in God's eyes, sin is sin, and we need to purge ourselves of that nonsense. Let me wrap up because it's 7:30, and I see what my wife gets in trouble with every week doing. OK? Finally, verses 12 and 13. The motivations against showing partiality. There are two things that should stir us to love and care for all people, showing no favoritism whatsoever. Number one, we shall face the judgment of God. Therefore, we should speak and act like people who will stand before God and give an account for what we've said and what we've done. Guy, keep in mind that, that God sees everything. God is watching us. God doesn't miss a thing. And we're going to have to stand and give an account for the things we've done, the things we've not done. Even the things we've said, whew, this one hurts. And even the things we've thought. Ooh, You know, I like to say, David, I'm glad my thoughts are just between me and God. Well, guess what? They are between me and God. I better make sure they stay under the blood as well. Amen. I better make sure that in my prayer time, and I do, Lord, cleanse my mind. Lord, rejuvenate, change this mind because this mind can, can, can tend to be carnal. This mind can think like the world. We need to make sure that our mind is renewed daily by the word of God and by the spirit of God. Now, if your pastor struggles with that, how much more you might struggle with that? Or how about your neighbor? Okay, let's think about your neighbor for a second. I bet you your neighbor needs that. Okay, write it down for your neighbor. Say, you need to do that. Okay, and then you keep that list. And then finally, keep in mind that we're going to have to answer to God one day. And secondly, we shall receive a reciprocal reward for our behavior. In other words, God is going to treat us exactly like we've treated others. Now, for some of you, that should make you feel good. For some of you, that makes you nervous, okay? How would you like God to forgive you just like you forgive others? How would you like God to love you just like you love others? How would you like God to shower you with mercy like you've showered others with mercy? Ooh, preacher, you're not talking about those things. Yes, I am. Guys, we need to treat others like we want to be treated, keeping in mind that God is watching and that the seeds that we're sowing today, we're going to reap a harvest of. The biblical principle of sowing and reaping is absolutely the case in every area of our lives. We talk about that financially and it works financially, but it works in every area of our life. Why do I sow seeds of grace? Because I know I'm going to need a harvest of grace. Why do I sow seeds? A mercy because I know I need a harvest of mercy. Why do I give second chances? Because I wouldn't be here today if God didn't give me a second chance, okay? I could not stand before you today if God didn't give me second chances after second chances. Guys, it's what the gospel is all about. God's going to treat us just like we treat others. If we've shown mercy, he'll show mercy to us. If we've not shown mercy, he will not show mercy to us. And note this, there's only one thing that will rejoice victoriously over judgment, and that is mercy. The judgment of God is going to swoop down and consume a person who has not shown mercy. Our only hope against the burning fire of God's judgment is mercy and grace. Therefore, we must be merciful in order to escape the terrible judgment of God. As I wrap things up, Matthew five and seven tells us, "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy." Matthew chapter number six, verses fourteen and fifteen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Matthew seven one and two. Judge not, that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. With what measure you met, it shall be measured to you again. And finally, Matthew eighteen thirty-five. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother, their trespasses. With every head bowed and every eye closed. As I wrap things up. After studying this very common temptation of showing partiality toward people, has the Holy Spirit maybe checked your heart in some area? Maybe, he, maybe it was something along the lines of partiality or, or maybe he reminded you that you're still walking through the forgiveness process with someone. Or maybe there's a, a relationship that, that he's been encouraging you to take the first step and you haven't done it yet. Or maybe, maybe you've been on the receiving end where you were treated in a in an evil way or you were, you were mistreated for no cause of its own and that's hurt you deeply. Today's the day for you to give that to God. You see, guys, you'll realize real quickly that forgiveness is not a gift you give others, it's a gift you give yourself. You 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 think you're unlocking someone else and letting them out of prison, you're really letting yourself out of prison.